we've got to be honest. There is great brokenness in our world. Uh, people make bad decisions at times. They hurt each other at times. And and we've got some challenges in the United States that are very real um, and where we want to see change uh, desperately. Right now, um, in Minneapolis, they're going through um, the uh, trial um, Derek Chauvin and unfortunately also saw Dante White, um, his life taken uh, by a police officer there and what as of right now is being called a negligent homicide and around our country, I think that no one wants to see someone killed in the streets. No one wants to see injustice. And I was reminded this week of the way that Jesus uh, called his followers to pray with persistent prayer and faith when justice has been delayed. To pray to God asking for justice. This was something that Jesus said. And and listen, we, we um, care for um, the police officers, the ones that serve uh, the community well. And, and this is really difficult uh, for them, for the, those that really care for the people in our neighborhoods and the people that they serve. Uh, but also, I know that within uh, communities of people where uh, police violence has been a part of the experience, this is painful. It's traumatic. It's difficult. It's exhausting. And I, I just wanted us together as a church family, let's spend a moment in prayer around this issue. We've talked about it a lot in the past. We've talked about it in small group settings. We've written and posted about it. And, but let's just turn to God because the same God who can bring us to a place of peace, like we see in Psalm 23, and walk through us with us, leading us through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, is the same God who was close to the brokenhearted. And uh, there are a lot of people that need comfort and strength and peace. And I think it's right for us to to pray uh, for justice as well. So just agree with me in prayer, if you will. God, I thank you for who you are and for all that you have done. And Lord, even in the midst of that, you have given us an opportunity to make decisions in this current world. And in that way, we experience brokenness and difficulty. And God, certainly we see um, gun violence. We have seen some police brutality. We have seen some deaths that were unjust, Lord God. And, and around it all, you're the one who knows what perfect justice looks like because you're a God of truth and you're a God of mercy. And we turn to you as Jesus instructed us to praying and asking God that you would visit us with justice and with mercy. God, we know that your peace brings everybody into full health. That's what the shalom peace of God is like. And God, we're asking you in the name of Jesus for your help. Bring us as humans, as citizens of the United States, as uh, neighbors in Baltimore City to a place to repent where we've been wrong and turn away from it, to to get right ourselves, that we would treat others with loving respect. But God, also across the nation, Lord, we're saying we want to see an end to police brutality and mistakes like this with Dante White. Lord, we want to see an end to these things. And God, we want to see your justice, your truth, your mercy in our nation in a new way like 
has not been the case. Lord God, we don't want to see any more situations like this. Lord, where a young life is taken too soon. And God, I'm praying that you would, for the family of Dante White, family and friends of Dante White and George Floyd, and, and, and even this past month, uh, remembering Freddie Gray, uh, Lord, and others, I'm asking, would you please send peace? Would you please send grace? Would you please send mercy? Would you please send love to them? Lord, all those who are mourning the loss of somebody that they loved. God, I thank you that you and you alone can bring that peace. We thank you for it, oh God. Lord, we ask that you would send your grace and your peace to all those that are grieving the loss of a loved one. Lord, let there be an unprecedented move in our country towards justice, towards mercy, in a way that is truthful. And God, I'm praying for our police officers as well that are serving during this time. Would you give them grace? Would you give them mercy? Would you give them wisdom? Would you give them clarity, Lord, for all those that are working around, whether from the citizen side or the government side, a reimagining of police forces in America? God, would there be new creativity, new wisdom around hiring practices, screening practices, training practices? Uh, Lord, uh, laws and, and things that need to be adjusted. God, would your kingdom come? Would your will be done even in these complex systems? We believe that it's possible with you. We thank you for it, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for agreeing with me in prayer. I know that these are painful subjects and subjects also that are misunderstood and unfortunately politicized in a way that causes confusion. We would welcome any conversation with you. Love to hear your thoughts, um, questions uh, around these subjects as well. Hey, uh, this week, um, again, joyful family, good uh, church family things happening with our getting together out outdoors uh, with... Um, Chris and Abby's new son, uh, Ezra, and also uh, coming up on uh, April 19th, it's Femi's birthday. We want to wish Femi happy birthday uh, coming up on uh, Monday as well. So please make sure that you're getting our weekly newsletter so that you can be in touch with us and know what's going on as we are moving towards some new and unique activities. You are not alone we're following Jesus together. You know, this is uh, City Harbor Church, which is a group of people. Um, and we as a spiritual family, City Harbor Church, are a safe place to find and follow Jesus. And so I just want to say that again. You are not alone. We are following Jesus together. We're going to turn uh, to the scripture in our time of message today. And in the next few weeks, we're going to camp out in this scripture to help us make sure that we understand it. And particularly because I think it, it really helps us understand where we go from here. Um, I think some of us really do um, long for what it was like before COVID. And I think we are definitely uh, going to be seeing each other in person more. We're definitely going to be finding ways uh, in safe ways to, to protect against um, illness. But we're going to find ways to be together. We're going to find ways to do life that are new. Um, in the middle of everything that is going on, God loves you. God cares about you. You're not alone. We're following Jesus together. And God loves and cares about the people that you see that are around your neighborhood, that are, God has put in your life. 
And I'm hoping that in the, in the recent weeks, as we've looked at um, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and last Sunday, the Holy Spirit that Jesus talked about as he was preparing his followers for when he would return uh, to be with uh, Father God in the heavenlies, when we have been looking at that uh, section of scripture, talking about that, it's relevant to us here and now because what the people who saw Jesus with their own eyes, heard Jesus with their own ears, witnessed what they learned and how their lives were changed, changed for the better, has something to say to us now. And let me explain why I believe that's true. God's bringing us into a new season. We're going to be inviting you into some new activities, new ways of doing things. God's message and uh, ministry uh, of salvation is the same. His purpose is the same as it was before COVID, as it was before all that happened in 2020 and in the beginning of this year. And I hope that we are like the people that saw Jesus with their own eyes, heard Jesus with their own ears. We have come into an encounter with Jesus where we are changed, where we're forgiven, where we receive new spiritual life, where we're made new, where there's something new happening on the inside of us that gives us fresh spiritual life and strength that causes us to be thankful to God for it, gives us a new sense of identity, value, and purpose. I don't know um, that we are necessarily going to go back to the, the same exact activities that we were doing before COVID. I think that we serve a creative God. And that there are new and better and more exciting and more enjoyable and more fulfilling activities that we can do together in 2021 that we weren't doing in 2020. But when we're going to take steps in that direction, we want to be following God. God has purpose. God has wisdom for whatever it is that we're experiencing. So I want to bring us back to what, where we've been these last couple of weeks with what the people who saw Jesus with their own eyes, heard Jesus with their own ears, when Jesus was here in the flesh on earth, and see how they responded to what Jesus told them to do. So in order to do that, we're going to start in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5, picking up with the last moments that Jesus was with them. Now, he's gone through the death, burial, and resurrection. He's come back to life. He's been with them about 40 days. He's appeared to about 500 people. And here's what's happening in the closing moments. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them. He gave them a directive, an imperative. Hey, you need to do this. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We talked about it last Sunday. Jesus is saying, hey, don't go anywhere until you've received the Holy Spirit. Continuing in verse 8, you will receive power, an ability you didn't have before, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Now, that's where we talk about Jesus gives them a fresh sense of identity, value, and purpose. And, hey, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and this is what it's going to mean. This is what it's going to do. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 2, the first four verses, all right? On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. 
Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And let's just uh, summarize a little bit the account, the details of what happens there. So Jesus told them, now, you're going to have life. I'm going to go back to, to, to be with the Father in the heavenlies. I'm giving you a fresh sense of purpose. He's told them what to do, but wait for the Holy Spirit. We talked about it last week. The Holy Spirit who's going to guide you in truth, the Spirit of truth, the one who's going to lead you in this life and in this new mission that I'm giving you. And here's what's going to happen. And then it happened. Luke records for us, Acts chapter 2. This is what happened. Suddenly, in a moment, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Now, they are suddenly given also this ability to speak in languages that they didn't understand. And here's what we see in verse 11. They're in Jerusalem. Now, remember, just 40 days before when Jesus was crucified in that section that was around the Passover season, one historian who was alive at this time estimated that there was 2.7 million people in the city for that festival. So probably less people here for the day of Pentecost, but still a lot of people there. Thousands of people in this, they're in, the, in Jerusalem, there's public square areas where voices could be heard for great distances and crowds could easily gather, especially on a holiday like this one. So people are gathering and they're hearing these folks coming out of this upper room speaking in their own languages. Verse 11, we all hear, and these are people that are from different parts of the world that speak different languages. We all hear these people speaking in our languages about the wonderful things God has done. So today, there's still a lot of languages that exist in the world, but you can go across the U.S. and with most people, you can speak English. At this point in history and at this part of the world, uh, you could go over a hill, go a few miles away, and a lot of people would be speaking a different language. So here we have people that have come from all other areas that speak different languages, and they can hear the followers of Jesus who receive the Holy Spirit speaking in their own language, and they could understand what they were saying, and they were talking about the wonderful things that God has done. That's why they said, what can this mean? The people were asking, what what does it mean that this is going on? And I think that's a really good question. And so Peter responds to their question, what does this mean? What you see here, referring to these people who've received the power of the Holy Spirit, what you see was predicted. God says, I will pour out my spirit. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now remember, they're saying, what does this mean, this supernatural activity from the Holy Spirit? Peter says, okay, let me tell you the purpose of what's going on, the focus of what's going on. And what does he do? He comes back to the main message that Jesus taught. Most often we see referenced in Luke 4 and that Jesus told them that they were supposed to be talking about. And that is that through Jesus, people could be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Continuing verse 23. He's a, Peter's, um, Peter is giving them some instruction and answering their questions about what it all means. God knew 
what would happen, referring to where Jesus was recently crucified, right? Just over a month before. God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. Now, they're in Jerusalem, and most of the crowd at this point are people who are Jewish. So he's referring to, and remember, it was the Jewish leaders that came to the Roman authorities demanding that Jesus would be crucified. So with the help of lawless Gentiles, the Romans, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. Peter's saying, they're saying, hey, what's the point of all this that's going on? And he's saying, Jesus is alive. Jesus is powerful. Continuing verse 32, God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses of this. We saw it. He's saying, we saw Jesus alive. They killed him. He was buried. On the third day, he came back to life because God raised him from the dead. We're all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. Think about that. Jesus is exalted, is above any other king, any other ruler. Jesus is exalted above any other seated at the right hand of God. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out on us, just as you see and hear today. Peter's saying, listen, this is what Jesus predicted. This is what he said he was going to do. The Father was going to send the Holy Spirit, pour out on us. Verse 36, so let everyone in Israel know for certain God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. The identity of Jesus is what Peter points to. Peter says, this is the main point. This is the big idea. This is the thing you should be concerned about. You should be focused on. Jesus is Savior Jesus is the one God sent. Jesus is the son of the living God, Lord, Lord and Savior. So they responded, verse 37, with a second question. The crowd responds, what should we do? Peter says, I'm so glad you asked. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God, right? Remember, we've talked about that. That means I'm going to confess where I've been wrong And I'm going to turn away from it. I'm going to turn away from toxic selfishness of living me first. And I'm going to turn toward God to love God, heart and soul with the best of my energy. He's Peter is quoting the message that Jesus gave them, that Jesus himself taught and that Jesus gave them to teach. Repent of your sins and turn to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. He's talking about the water baptism like John the Baptist was doing, which was also a part of the Jewish tradition. I'm I'm making a public statement of a private moment of faith that I had a decision I made to be fully devoted on God and that I've received a spiritual cleansing from God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, that spiritual cleansing, removal of guilt and shame, no more shame. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit will be available to you in a close personal relationship. Suddenly you can have this, right? You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is to you and your children and even to the Gentiles to 
all who have been called by the Lord our God. Peter's saying it's available and it's not just for people who are born a child of Israel. No, it is going to be available to people of all sorts this salvation, this new spiritual life. And so what we see is that they say, what does it mean? What should we do? And remember, we're talking about God's purpose that still exists for us today. And so what it means is that God has shown us love through Jesus, right? We know God's true love by this. While we were still sinners, Christ died, right? God showed us love through Jesus. So Each of us has an opportunity. We must choose to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. We talked about that a number of times in the recent weeks. Now, this includes, we've got to be clear, confessing and turning away from our toxic selfishness. And in this, we receive that, right? Spiritual cleansing, new spiritual life, relationship with God, and the hope of heaven. Then what we do as a public sign of our private confession of faith is water baptism. And do you know the City Harbor Church, we have a baptismal and it is available. We are available to baptize you. There is a way for us to use safe practices, even with coronavirus, for water baptism. So if this past year, through somebody that you've come into contact with us or with the purple book or Bible that we've sent you or uh, somebody who's led you through the process. If you're ready, we're ready to baptize you you in water as a sign of your faith. And then also, what does he say? We should receive the Holy Spirit's powerful help for following Jesus in this new way. Now, listen, we City Harbor Church are ready to welcome any one of you who are ready to take these initial steps. And I've just ran through them very quickly, but do you have a purple book? We'd be glad to send you one. There's a lesson about water baptism in here with some questions and answers to discuss and and, uh, scripture references where you can look it up and get an understanding of what it means. Um, If it means something to you personally, it means something to God. Uh, we, We should understand what that means. But also the passage that we've just discussed today. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit activity, Holy Spirit empowerment, and and, and gifts that the Holy Spirit brings. We have lessons about that that are in here as well. It doesn't need to be spooky. It doesn't need to be dark and mysterious and confusing. No, it can actually be quite simple. Each of the lessons here takes about 15 minutes. We'd be glad to connect you with somebody that can help you walk you through it. I And, and here's the reason why. What, what I have found myself is that in years past... I was a mess, a complete mess. I had a life dominated by depression and anxiety. I was, because I had tried to do life my own way, I had tried to find peace and fulfillment and and make myself happy my own way. And it was a failure. And I was instead broken. And I was instead somebody that people did not want to be around. And I was selfish. And I think I was a detriment to, to, to the quality of life for people. But when I started this relationship with Jesus Christ, there was a life change that happened in me. I went from walking around guilty and ashamed to being able to look at myself in the mirror, to being able to live life with some joy, to being able to go through life with a sense of purpose. And and even if I was misunderstood by people, not appreciated by people, which still happens to this day, right? Even if any of those things are happened, 
be betrayed like Jesus, whatever it is that goes wrong in these human relationships, I was able to come to a place of knowing, hey, God loves me. You know, like for real, God loves me. God cares about me deeply. God has made it possible for me to be forgiven and cleansed and not walk around in guilt and shame. And to have freedom from the compulsion to repeat the mistakes of my past. God's given new spiritual life and made it available to me. And we are a spiritual family of people that have experienced this, that have learned this. And we exist in part to make this available to you. We're ready to welcome anybody who wants to take these initial steps. Now, what I want to say very clearly is that coronavirus has not stopped the purpose of God for each of you in this world. We are not prevented from still going out into the streets and meeting new people. I met new people today. And some that were suffering with addiction. Some that really wanted to just kind of tell their life story. You can get out of the house. You can get involved. You can get active. God's purpose has not changed. God did not forgive you of your sins. Do everything to make this possible for you to live for yourself. For you to live just to make yourself happy. For you to live just out of fear of getting sick or getting someone else sick. We can keep a physical distance. We can wear a mask. We can wash our hands. We can use safe practices and still interact with people and still show love with people. We've got unlimited digital means of ways of sharing our own story. When was the last time you shared a part of your story of how you met Jesus, of what Jesus means to you? God's purpose for us has not changed. And when we come together as a spiritual family and we work on ideas together and we collaborate together, we can be at a place where we can receive the Holy Spirit And the strength and the refreshing and the grace that the Holy Spirit brings. And we will tap into the purpose that God has for us and for our lives. And we can receive from God fresh creativity about activities. And we can live on mission together. I know that for some of us, we came to Baltimore because we want to serve. We have an identity to serve. And coronavirus has got us at a place where we feel like, I don't even know. I don't even know if I should still be living here. I don't even know what I can still do here. Can I still make a difference? Can I still help people? You can. We've given you some opportunities already. We're going to extend more and new opportunities for you to get involved. But we also want to be able to talk with you about the people that God's already put in your life and how you can be active in, in the purpose that God has for you in this life. What we see right here is You are not alone. We are following Jesus together. God's got purpose for us. And what I think, we're going to start to talk about some new and creative ways that we can share in this journey. We can make each other stronger. We can follow Jesus together. Because we want to be inviting everyone who has taken this steps into this journey and then to share this with other people. The genius of how God has this set up is that in the kingdom of God with our local church and the big C, the universal church, all believers, all time, everywhere, is that it's set up for multiplication. 
it's set up to be multiplied. You share with one, I share with one, so-and-so shares with one, the other person shares with one. There's a multiplication that happens. And it starts with simple acts of kindness, like listening to someone, asking them good quality, open-ended questions, listening with just an intent to understand, to hear their story, to understand where they're coming from, to show them some loving respect in that way. And then you build a bridge of some rapport. And maybe they get curious about you. Maybe they get curious about your life and why in the midst of everything that's going on that you can have some peace, that you can have some joy. And you get a chance to share with them your story. You get a chance to share with them. You know, personally, I'm the messages that I've been speaking over these last few weeks about Jesus, uh, the Sunday before Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, and Good Friday, and on Resurrection Sunday, and last Sunday about the Holy Spirit, I'm ready to hear you preach these messages, to hear you learn from these messages enough to share these truths with the people that God's put in your life through your social media feeds. I want to help you learn how to do that. I want to encourage you, the ones that are doing it. I want to see us walk into new and creative methods, how we can support each other, how we can share this spiritual journey together, how we can open our spiritual eyes to what God is already doing. We get tired and we feel inadequate when we try to go about things our own way try to just pursue ideas that are only ours. The reality is God's already at work and he already has ideas for you. And it just takes time to listen. Listen to God, the Holy Spirit, and uh, join up with the local church family because we're better together. What I believe for us today, today and moving forward, is that with the Holy Spirit, we can see the impossible, right? We can We can believe that anything is possible with God. And there's going to be challenges. We can overcome the obstacles. We should not be waiting. Waiting for things to just suddenly magically change. They're not. We're going to see shifts and changes. We're going to have to pivot this way and that and try new things. And the beauty is, is that we can experiment. We can try things out. We can uh, take new steps and we're going to together. And so over these next few weeks, we're going to spend some time here in Acts chapter two to learn from the early church family. And we're going to start to talk about some new things that we can be doing. Um, You're not alone. We are following Jesus together. Can I pray for you? God, I thank you so very much that you saved us because you love us, that you lead us because you love us, that you are faithful, and that every day you've got tender mercies that are new. You've got creativity that is new. Lord, and that your purpose is evident in the plain, simple truth of this scripture. Help us to know how we should apply it, what exactly we should do about it, what you are asking us to do this week. Help us to think about it, pray about it, give time and consideration about it. Help us to plan a simple next step and give us the boldness by your Holy Spirit to take that next step. I thank you, God, for who you are, for all that you have done, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.